Section sixty three of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part sixty three. Of the House of Lords, a street seller's defunct club. I have given an account of a defunct club of which the paper workers were the chief members and i have now to do the same of a society not very dissimilar in its object of which the street sellers of manufactured articles constituted the great majority it was called the house of lords and was established about eight years ago at the roebuck tavern hoban and existed three years its object was to relieve its members in sickness the subscription was twopence a week and the relief to a sick member was as many pennies a week as the club contained members with in any pressing case an additional halfpenny which the members paid into the fund over and above their weekly subscription for the greater part of its existence the club contained ninety members a few of them honorary and there were very few cases of declaring on the fund by sick members at one period for many weeks there were no such declarations and the house of lords had thirty pounds in hand one of the leading members a very intelligent man who had a good connection in hardware had taken great pains to prepare a code of rules which having been approved by the other members it was considered time that the house of lords should be enrolled delays however intervened to tell you the truth sir one of them said we were afraid to employ an attorney and thought of waiting upon mr tidpratt ourselves but it wasn't to be the club was moreover looked upon as somewhat select no costers were admitted sir i was told by a hardware seller in the streets not but what there's many very industrious and honest men among them but they're in a different line and are a different sort of people to us the members met once a week and though they were merry and talkative enough drunkenness was strongly discouraged it was common for the subscribers who were regarded as the geniuses of the trade to take counsel together and invent any new move they were reputed to be among the most knowing in all street arts and dodges and the way in which the club came to an end considering the strong claims to knowingness of its members was curious enough one saturday evening a member who was considered a respectable man and was sufficiently regular in his payments appeared at the weekly meeting introducing his landlord who as a non-member had to pay one penny for admission the man told how his family had suffered from illness and how he had been ill and got into arrears of rent for he did not like to distress the fund and how his landlord was then in possession of his sticks which must be sold in the morning if he could not pay fifteen shillings and moreover how his landlord a very kind-hearted indulgent man was forced to do this for he himself was in difficulties the members voted that the fifteen shillings should be advanced but before the next meeting night it was discovered that the statement of the poor member in arrears was an imposition the landlord was merely a confederate the worthy couple had been drinking together and to prolong their tippling had hit upon the roguish scheme i have mentioned this among other things lowered the confidence of the members the numbers fell off until it was thought best to wind up the concern the small funds in hand were fairly apportioned among the remaining members and the club ceased to exist another street sellers club has recently been formed by the men themselves of which the following is the prospectus 
and it is to be hoped that this attempt on the part of the street folk to better their condition will meet with a better fate than its predecessor our motto is to live honestly by daily perseverance and industry street mechanics laborers hawkers and so on protection association held at the lamb tavern new turnstile hoban proprietor mr white the above-named classes are kindly invited to attend a meeting convened for sunday evening next and every succeeding sunday evening at the above house to carry out the object unanimously agreed to by the enrolled members and the general committee furthermore to take into consideration the most appropriate means whereby we may be enabled to assist each other in the time of adversity committee mr taylor chairman mr travers mr cowan mr moody mr moore mr hand mr martin mr thoresby mr dowes mr manley mr morris mr lawson mr lamb mr j white treasurer mr f a thoresby secretary the chair will be taken at seven o'clock and the committee are requested to be in attendance one hour previous of the street sellers of crockery and glasswares we now come to a new class of the street sellers of manufactured articles namely the crocks as they are termed i have before alluded to one characteristic of these traders that they all strive to be barterers in preference to salesmen they also present other varying qualities when compared with other classes of street sellers of these crocks there are from the best data i could obtain from men in the trade and from the swag shop people who supply them two hundred and fifty men and one hundred and fifty women of these one hundred and twenty couples man and woman work together of the remainder sometimes two men work in unison and some women work singly on my inquiring of one of these street folk if ever three worked together i was told that such was never the case as the crocks would quote a saying two's good company three's none at all of the men and women carrying on this traffic conjointly more than half are married showing a difference of habits to the costermongers the reason assigned to me by one of the class himself once a costermonger was that the interest of the man and woman in the business was closer than in costermongering while the serviceableness of a woman helpmate in swapping or bartering was much greater this prompts the women i am told even if they are unmarried at the outset to insist upon wedlock and the man sometimes perhaps to secure a valuable help at others it may be from better motives consents to what in this rank of life and under the circumstances of such street traders is more frequently the woman's offer than the man's the trade in its present form has not been known more than twelve years the goods which are all bought at the crock swag shops of which an account is given below are carried in baskets on the head the men having pads on the cloth caps which they wear or sometimes a padding of hay or wool inside the cap while the women's pads are worn outside their bonnets or caps the bonnet being occasionally placed on the basket the goods though carried in baskets on the head to the locality of the traffic are whilst the traffic is going on usually borne from house to house or street to street on the arm or when in large baskets carried before them by the two hands these baskets are strongly made the principal mart is close to spitalfields market the men engaged in this trade are usually strong robust and red-faced most of them are above the middle stature very few are beyond middle age and the majority of them are under or little more than thirty 
the women more than the men have contracted a stoop or bend to one side not so much by carrying weights on the head as by carrying them on the arm the weights they carry are from three to five stone the dress of the men is the same as the costermongers with the exception of shooting cut jackets being more frequent among the crocks than the costers and red plush waistcoats are very popular with them when not at work or on sundays for they never work on the sabbath though they do not go to church or chapel these men are hardly ever seen to wear a hat both men and women wear strong boots and unless when hard up silk handkerchiefs their places of residence are as regards the majority in spitalfields bethnal green and shoreditch of the others the greater portion reside in the neighbourhood of kent street in the borough their abode usually consists of one room which is in most cases more comfortable and better furnished than those of the costers we pick up a tidy ornament now and then one crock said such as a picture in the way of swap and our good women likes to keep them at home for a bit of show they live well in general dining out almost every day and i am told that as a body they have fewer children than any other class of street folk the trade is almost entirely itinerant crock sellers are to be seen at street markets on saturday nights but they are not the regular crocks who as i have said do not care to sell the crocks go on rounds the great trade being in the suburbs sometimes a round lasts a week the couple resting at a fresh place every night others have a round for each day of the week the long rounds are to greenwich woolwich northfleet gravesend strood rochester chatham and then to maidstone some will then make maidstone the headquarters and work the neighbouring villages such as east farley town malling yalding aylesford and others the return to town may be direct by railway or by some other route if any stock remains unsold on these long rounds the higher priced goods are generally carried and stock is forwarded from london to the crock whilst on the round if the demand require it another long round is vauxhall wandsworth kingston on thames and guildford with divergings to the villages the return from guildford is often by richmond kew and so on a third long round is hampstead kilburn barnet watford and so on to st albans the other long rounds are less frequented but some go to uxbridge others to windsor and eton and as far as reading others to cambridge by tottenham edmonton ware and so on when no trade is to be done close to london the crocks often have themselves and their wares conveyed to any town by rail the short or town rounds are the dover road new kent road walworth camberwell and back by newington kennington brixton clapham and back by vauxhall bayswater notting hill and back by paddington camden town st john's wood and hampstead stoke newington dalston clapton shacklewell and stamford hill mile end stratford and bow limehouse poplar and back by the commercial road it would be easy to cite other routes but these show the character of the trade some occupy two days a few crocks work the poor neighbourhoods such as hoxton kingsland road parts of hackney and so on and cry here we are now ladies bring out your old hats old clothes old umbrellas old anything old shoes metal old anything here we are the trade from the best information i could acquire is almost equally divided into what may be called fancy and useful articles 
a lodging letter for instance will swap her old gowns and boots and drive keen bargains for plates dishes or wash-hand basins and jugs a housekeeper who may be in easier circumstances will exchange for vases and glasswares servant maids swap clothes and money for a set of china against they get married perhaps there are no more frequent collisions between buyer and seller than in the crock swag shops a man who had once been an assistant in one of these places told me that some of the crocks were tiresome beyond measure and every now and then a minute or two was wasted by the crock and the swag shop man in swearing at one another some of these street traffickers insist upon testing the soundness of every article by striking the middle finger-nail against it this they do to satisfy their customers also in the course of trade especially in poor neighbourhoods from the best data at my command one quarter of the goods sold at the swag shops are sold to the crock dealers i have described and in about equal proportions as to amount in fancy or useful articles there are in addition to the crock barterers perhaps one hundred traders who work the poor streets chiefly carrying their goods in barrows but they sell and although they will barter do not clamour for it they cry free trade forever here's cup and saucer for a halfpenny pick em out at your own price teapot for three halfpence pick em out oh ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho giving away here they rattle dishes and basins as they make this noise these men are all supplied at the swag shops buying what is called common lots and selling at thirty per cent profit such traders have only been known in the streets for five years and for three or four months of the year half of these go to costering the barrows are about seventy in number and there are thirty stalls seven-eighths of the barrow crocks are men the swag barrow men also sell small articles of crockery wares and altogether one half of the trade of the crock swag shops which i have described is a trade for the streets of the way in which the crock barterers dispose of their wares and so on i have given an account below they are rapidly supplanting the old clough trade of the jews the hucksters of crockery ware are a considerable class one who has great experience in the business thinks there must be some hundreds employed in it throughout london he says he meets many at the swag warehouses on the evenings that he goes there he is often half an hour before he can be served there are seven or eight swag warehouses frequented by the hucksters and at the busy time my informant has often seen as many as twenty-five at each house and he is satisfied that there must be three or four hundred hucksters of china and glass throughout the metropolis the china and glass in which they deal are usually purchased at the east end of the town upon the understanding that if the huckster is unable to dispose of them in the course of the day the articles will be taken back in the morning if uninjured and the money returned the hucksters usually take out their goods early in the day their baskets are commonly deposited at the warehouse and each warehouse has from thirty to forty baskets left there overnight when the unsold articles are returned the baskets are usually filled with china and glass and ornaments to the amount of from five shillings to fifteen shillings according to the stock money of the huckster a basket filled with fifteen shillings worth of china is considered i am told a very tidy stock in the same neighbourhood as they get the crockery are made the baskets in which it is carried 
for these baskets they pay from two shillings to six shillings and they are made expressly for the hucksters indeed on one side of a well-known street at the east end the baskets made in the cellars may be seen piled outside the houses up to the second floor windows the class of persons engaged in hawking china through the metropolis are either broken-down tradesmen or clerks out of place or jews or they may be staffordshire men who have been regularly bred to the business they carry different kinds of articles the staffordshire man may generally be known by the heavy load of china that he carries with him he has few light or fancy articles in his basket it is filled chiefly with plates and dishes and earthenware pans the broken-down tradesman carries a lighter load he prefers tea services and vases and rummers and cruet stands as they are generally of a more delicate make than the articles carried by the staffordshire men the jew however will carry nothing of any considerable weight he takes with him mostly light showy bohemian goods which are difficult to be priced by his customers and do not require much labour to hawk about the hucksters usually start on their rounds about nine there are very few who take money indeed they profess to take none at all but that is all flam said my informant if any one was to ask me the price of an article in an artful way like i shouldn't give him a straightforward answer to such parties we always say have you got any old clothes the hucksters do take money when they can get it and they adopt the principle of exchanging their goods for old clothes merely as a means of evading the license still they are compelled to do a great deal in the old clothes line when they take money they usually reckon to get fourpence in the shilling but at least three-fourths of their transactions consist of exchanges for old clothes a good tea service we generally give said my informant for a left-off suit of clothes hat and boots they must all be in a decent condition to be worth that we give a sugar basin for an old coat and a rummer for a pair of old wellington boots for a glass milk jug i should expect a waistcoat and trousers and they must be tidy ones too but there's nothing so saleable as a pair of old boots to us there is always a market for old boots when there is not for old clothes you can any day get a dinner out of old wellingtons but as for coats and waistcoats there's a fashion about them and what pleases one don't another i can sell a pair of old boots going along the streets if i carry them in my hand the snobs will run after us to get them the backs are so valuable old beaver hats and waistcoats are worth little or nothing old silk hats however there's a tidy market for they are bought for the shops and are made into new hats for the country the shape is what is principally wanted we won't give a farthing for the polka hats with the low crowns if we can double an old hat up and put it in our pockets it's more valuable to us than a stiff one we know that the shape must be good to stand that as soon as a hatter touches a hat he knows by the touch or the stiffness of it whether it's been through the fire or not and if so they'll give it you back in a minute there is one man who stands in devonshire street bishopsgate street waiting to buy the hats of us as we go into the market and who purchases at least thirty dozen of us a week there will be three or four there besides him looking out for us as we return from our rounds and they'll either outbid one another according as the demand is or they'll all hold together to give one price the same will be done by other parties wanting the old umbrellas that we bring back with us these are valuable principally for the whalebone cane-ribbed ones are worth only from a penny to twopence and that's merely the value of the stick and the supporters iron skewers are made principally out of the old supporters of umbrellas 
the china and crockery bought by the hucksters at the warehouses are always second-rate articles they are most of them a little damaged and the glass won't stand hot water every huckster when he starts has a bag and most of them too the one for the inferior and the other for the better kind of old clothes he buys we purchase gentlemen's left-off wearing apparel this is mostly sold to us by women they are either the wives of tradesmen or mechanics who sell them to us or else it is the servant of a lodging-house who has had the things given to her and with her we can deal much easier than the others she's come to em light and of course she parts with em light said the man and she'll take a pair of sugar basins worth about sixpence you know for a thing that'll fetch two or three shillings sometimes but the mistresses of the houses are she-dragons they wants a whole dinner chainy service for their husbands rags as for plates and dishes they think they can be had for picking up many a time they sells their husbands things unbeknown to em and often the gentleman of the house coming up to the door and seeing us make a deal for his trousers maybe puts a stop to the whole transaction often and often i've known a woman sell the best part of her husband's stock of clothes for chainy ornaments for her mantelpiece and i'm sure the other day a lady stripped the whole of her passage and gave me almost a new greatcoat that was hanging up in the hall for a few trumpery tea things but the greatest screws we has to deal with are some of the ladies in the squares they stops you on the sly in the streets and tells you to call at their house at sich an hour of the day and when you goes there they smuggles you quietly into some room by yourselves and then sets to work dewing away as hard as they can pricing up their own things and down crying yawn why the other day i was told to call at a fashionable part of pimlico so i gave a person threepence to mind the child and me and my good woman started off at eight in the morning with a double load but bless you when we got there the lady took us both into a private room unbeknown to the servants and wanted me to go and buy expressly for her a green and white chamber service all complete with soap trays and brush trays together with four breakfast cups and all this here grand set-out she wanted for a couple of old washed-out light waistcoats and a pair of light trousers she tried hard to make me believe that the buttons alone on the waistcoats was worth sixpence apiece but i knowed the value of buttons afore she was borned at first start off i'm sure they wouldn't have cost a penny each so i couldn't make a deal of it nohow and i had to take all my things back for my trouble i asked her even for a pint of beer but she wouldn't listen to no such thing we generally cry as we go any old clothes to sell or exchange and i look down the area and sometimes knock at the door if i go out with a fifteen shilling basket of crockery maybe after a tidy day's work i shall come home with one shilling in my pocket perhaps i shall have sold a couple of tumblers or half a dozen plates and a bundle of old clothes consisting of two or three old shirts a coat or two a suit of left-off livery a woman's gown maybe or a pair of old stays a couple of pair of wellingtons and a waistcoat or so these i should have at my back and the remainder of my chainy and glass on my head and worry probably a umbrella or two under my arm and five or six old hats in my hand this load altogether will weigh about three-quarters of a hundredweight and i shall have travelled fifteen miles with that at least for as fast as i gets rid on the weight of the crockery i takes up the weight of the old clothes the clothes i hardly know the value on till i gets to the clothes exchange in houndsditch the usual time for the hucksters arriving there is between three and four in the winter or between five and six in the summer in fact we must be at the exchange at them hours because there all our buyers is 
and we can't go out the next day until we've sold our lot we can't have our baskets stocked again until we've got the money for our old clothes the exchange is a large square plot of damp ground about an acre in extent enclosed by a hoarding about eight feet high on the top of which is a narrow sloping roof projecting sufficiently forward to shelter one person from the rain across this ground are placed four rows of double seats ranged back to back here meet all the jew clothesmen hucksters dealers in second-hand shoes left-off wardrobe keepers hair-skin dealers umbrella dealers and menders and indeed buyers and sellers of left-off clothes and worn-out commodities of every description the purchasers are of all nations and in all costumes some are greeks others swiss and others germans some have come there to buy up old rough charity clothing and army coats for the irish market others have come to purchase the hair skins and old furs or else to pick up cheap old teapots and tea urns the man with the long flowing beard and greasy tattered gabardine is worth thousands and he has come to make another sixpence out of the rags and tatters that are strewn about the ground in heaps for sale at a little before three o'clock the stream of rag sellers sets in in a flood towards this spot at the gate stands barney aaron to take the halfpenny admission of every one entering the ground by his side stands his son with a leather pouch of half pence to give change for any silver that may be tendered the stench of the old clothes is positively overpowering every one there is dressed in his worst if he has any good clothes he would not put them on almost each one that enters has a bag at his back and scarcely has he passed the gate before he is surrounded by some half a dozen eager jews one feels the contents of the bundle on the huckster's back another clamours for the first sight a third cries i'm sure you have something that will suit me you know me says a fourth i'm a buyer and give a good price have you got any breaking asks this jew who wants an old coat or two to cut up into cloth caps have you got any fustian any old cords or old boats and such is the anxiety and greediness of the buyers that it is as much as the seller can do to keep his bundle on his back at length he forces his way to a seat and as he empties the contents of his sack on the ground each different article is snapped up and eagerly overhauled by the different jews that have followed him to his seat then they all ask what sum is wanted for the several things and they one and all bid one quarter of the price demanded i am assured that it requires the greatest vigilance to prevent the things being carried off unpaid in the confusion while this scene is going on a jew perched upon a high stage in the centre of the ground shouts aloud to the multitude hot wine a halfpenny a glass here beside him stands another with smoking cans of hot eels and next to this one is a sweetmeat stall with a crowd of jew boys gathered round the keeper of it gambling with marbles for albert rock and hardbake up and down between the seats push women with baskets of sheep's trotters on their arms and screaming legs of mutton two for a penny who'll give me a handsel who'll give me a handsel after them comes a man with a large tin can under his arm and roaring hot pea oh hot pea oh in one corner is a coffee and beer shop inside this are jews playing at draughts or settling and wrangling about the goods they have bought of one another 
in fact in no other place is such a scene of riot rags and filth to be witnessed the cause of this excitement is the great demand on the part of the poor and the cheap clothiers as well for those articles which are considered as worthless by the rich the old shoes are to be cobbled up and the cracks heel-balled over and sold out to the working classes as strong durable articles the wellingtons are to be new fronted and disposed of to clerks who are expected to appear respectable upon the smallest salaries the old coats and trousers are wanted for the slop shops they are to be turned and made up into new garments the best black suits are to be clobbered up and those which are more worn in parts are to be cut up and made into new cloth caps for young gentlemen or gaiters for poor curates while others are to be transformed into the best boys tunics such as are too far gone are bought to be torn to pieces by the devil and made up into new cloth or shoddy as it is termed while such as have already done this duty are sold for manure for the ground the old shirts if they are past mending are bought as rubbish by the marine store dealers and sold as rags to the paper mills to be changed either into the banknote the newspaper or the best satin note paper the average earnings of the hucksters who exchange crockery china and glass for the above articles are from eight shillings to ten shillings per week some days i am told they will make three shillings and on others they will only get sixpence however taking the good with the bad it is thought that ten shillings a week is about a fair average of the earnings of the whole class the best times for this trade are at the turn of the winter and at the summer season because then people usually purchase new clothes and are throwing off the old ones the average price of an old hat is from one penny to eightpence for an old pair of shoes from one penny to fourpence an old pair of wellingtons fetch from threepence to one shilling and sixpence those of french leather are of scarcely any value an old coat is worth from fourpence to one shilling waistcoats are valued from one penny to threepence trousers are worth from fourpence to eightpence cotton gowns are of the same value bonnets are of no value whatever shirts fetch from twopence to sixpence stockings are one penny per pair a silk handkerchief varies in value from threepence to one shilling the party supplying me with the above information was originally in the coal and greengrocery business but owing to a succession of calamities he has been unable to carry it on since then he has taken to the vending of crockery in the streets he is a man far above the average of the class to which he at present belongs end of section sixty three